Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is Sunday, April the 15th, 2012. This is episode number 112 of Purple Mafia. Well, Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to me and I hope it is a pleasure to you as well. Yeah, hey, I'm recording a Purple Mafia in mid-April. That's, uh, uh-huh. What? That's, <laughs> that's one of those extreme oddities that, uh, you guys out there are like, really? Yeah, that's one of those rarities, isn't it? Because generally I'm doing lawn cleanups this time of year. Well, yeah, I am, but still my schedule is allowing me to do a show. I'm gonna actually preview... The NFL draft. Oh my god! Yeah. I'm actually going to do a draft preview on Purple Mafia. You're like, what? No. Joe Paladin Purple. Uh, what? Yeah, I mean, I always wanted to be able to do it, but my work schedule would not allow it. Spring, lawn, lawn spring cleanups. That's like a second job, kind of second income type thing. I do in April and November every year, and it kind of prevents me from being on the air here for the better part of April and November. I mean, I'll sneak a few shows in here and there, but annually that can be a pain in the butt those months. Oh, here I am. Yeah, here I am. I'm able to do it. Sebastian Balls will be all over the show once again. A call in from him as well. Calling in from the the uh, stadium. Uh, legislative, se- uh, I don't know, It's not. it wasn't a session, it was a press conference. Uh, way back on March 2nd, I believe it was, or March 1st, somewhere around there, yeah, it's been a long time since I did the show, but hey, I'm here now. I mean, I, so it works out okay. I usually have a show in late March. Instead, I guess here I am in mid-April. <laughs> uh, whatever, right? You know, at least I got, I'm got. i getting one in before the draft. Hopefully you guys will enjoy some of the things that we, uh, I have to say and other members of Purple Mafia Nation, Purple Mafia Lore, have to say as well. Sebastian's, uh, the Tony Coleman's, Dan Taylor, all and, and, and the others good to have you guys on board, posting on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. There's also a Twitter account, twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Like and or follow those respective pages. That would be oh so terrific. Yes, it would. Uh, Yeah, we have stuff to talk about, of course. We're going to talk about the Saints a little bit. I'm going to say, I guess, going to give my opinions on there. Of course, those of you out there have your Facebook posts about such stuff. I'm going to try to do the best I can to uh, keep your posts related to the topic 
So I'm going to try to not do it in chronological order as much as I'm going to have it topic-related, just to seem a little more organized. It's just a little bit better that way. You know, why not, right? So really, today we're going to talk about free agency, the draft, and, uh, yeah, the Saints and all that stuff. We're going to talk some stadium, of course, Sebastian Balls. We'll do the stadium stuff first. We're just going to get that out of the way early because that's just probably the best idea at this point in time. We'll get to Sebastian Balls with that. He's kind of the main stadium guy at this point in time. So with that, yeah, we're going to get to Sebastian's call-in. Yeah, he, uh, hey, I'm sorry. I, You know, if I was doing a show at the time, that would have been so cool to have to get a call-in. So, I mean, yeah, he, he was an insider. That was really cool to have Sebastian actually be at that press conference calling me up. So with no further ado, here he is, Sebastian Balls. Hey, Joe, it's Sebastian. Um, I am doing a live call right now. I am at the state capitol, and earlier today I sat in on the Vikings press conference on the new stadiums, and I don't know if you fully got all the details yet, but they'll be using tax, uh, sales tax to pay for the stadium. So no taxes to the working people of Minnesota, and it will raise uh, 11,000 jobs, and 2,000 of those will be permanent, so in the stadium. And so, yeah, 9,000 for building a new stadium, tearing down the Metrodome. And what they're going to do is they're going to start to um, build over the back parking lot and start to expand the stadium a little bit more and then when they have to they'll tear down the metronome and build over that and the Vikings will play in the metronome for about three years and then they'll play one year in TCF Bank Stadium home of the Golden Gopher football team and then the stadium would be ready for them so for one year we would be an outdoor football team which is pretty interesting considering we are terrible outside but hopefully by then we have a fully dynamic, great team that can take us all the way to the Super Bowl. And then we can actually finally host uh, an amazing Super Bowl here in Minnesota. And I have not been able to see one in person here. I was not alive, of course. I don't know if you were around to fully understand everything back when the Super Bowl was hosted here. Um but that will be pretty interesting. And the pictures, they said that the picture on my Facebook wall that I have you posted in, it's going to be the same one that they posted way back when, a um, long time ago. And then it's going to be looking, and they took the architecture from uh, the Colt Stadium, Lucas Oil Stadium, and they're going to use it on this stadium, but only better. And Lucas Oil is more of like a square, and this one's more like a bowl type thing. But the structural uh, will be shaped semi like that. And then we'll have that uh, view of the downtown area. So that would be pretty amazing. And, yep, thanks for letting me call in and brief on those minor details and hope that this thing passes the legislator. And... Legislative, um, of course, Senate and House, if you didn't already know that, for uneducated voters out there. And I thank you for that, Colin. 
Once again, Sebastian Valls, a member of Purple Mafia <laughs> Nation here. Big time getting behind the mic once again, or a telephone receiver, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Cell phone receiver. Hey, those of you out there, you want to join the, the show, have a little conversation with me, per se. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. There's no reason to be. Hop on board. Talk Vikings, talk NFL, talk draft, talk everything. You know, because obviously, most likely the call-ins at that point probably post-draft, but, eh, what, you know, hey, you can call in about whatever you want. Even if it's pre-draft, nobody's going to complain. Talk about some of those free agents that the Vikings signed. Five, really, to be uh, notable. Five notable free agent signings. Going to get to that very shortly. But first, yeah, as mentioned, stadium, Sebastian Balls, hitting on it. Welcome aboard, Sebastian, once again, as always. Yep, thank you for your contributions to the show. Yeah. So, yeah, no, uh, or, yeah, it'll be a sales tax, no income taxes. That's good. It's, yeah, I think our income taxes are high enough out there, Mr. Politicians out there. And ever since the income tax was uh, instituted back in 1913, as uh, Senator Ron Paul would like to talk about quite a bit, I tend to agree with a lot of what Ron Paul says out there, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, obviously, yeah, I mean, income tax to me is uh, about as, quite honestly, it's about as honest as a, <laughs> as a three dollar bill, to be, if you want me to be honest about that, or, uh, yeah, but that's a whole other uh, issue for a whole other day, but just saying, income tax at one point was centered on corporations, it's been, and since 1913, it's been centered on the public, the dollar has been devalued at the exact same time. That was when the Federal Reserve took over. All it's all happened around the same time. Good times. Uh, yeah, middle class has quiet has quietly depleted for the last hundred years. It's getting worse and worse and worse. And yeah, here we are today. Not quite as uh, yeah. Life isn't quite as easy as it used to be. But of course, utilities are. There's way more utilities than there were back in say the 50s. There wasn't cable TV, cell phones. That's just extra money coming out of your pockets. So, more convenience costs more. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons, but yeah, enough of that. Thought I'd throw in a little bit of opinions and <laughs> some stuff out there. What you know? Why not? It's not like I'm talking about other crazy, controversial stuff. That's more informative. Informative stuff. Boy, did I sound smart there. But uh, Sebastian sounds smart, and uh, he's a good caller and good poster on that Facebook page. Always welcome aboard. Yeah, I did get a message, uh, instant message from him the other night. Just a quick shout out to you, Sebastian. Yeah, I apologize. I was just uh, heading to bed, so I couldn't really get on at that point in time. Um, but you're always welcome to talk with me on there. So, yeah, Facebook, you guys out there are, are as well. Talk to me on Facebook. But, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, <laughs> a sales tax, no income taxes, will raise 11,000 jobs. 2,000 will be permanent. That's that's good. 2,000 permanent jobs. That's not bad. The other uh, 9,000 will last at least three years, maybe four or five. Hey, that's a pretty long temporary job out there, folks. It looks pretty good on a resume having, uh, you know, to be, it's experience for people out there. Maybe some youngsters out there that want to get into the construction industry or some people that have been shut down for a little while. Well, you did such a good job on the, uh, on the new stadium site that, uh, hey, this company might be interested in you. You know, stuff like that. Why not? 
Uh, yep, three years in the Metrodome, one year in TCF. That's right, TCF, outdoor football. Very cool. Yep, good thoughts, Sebastian. You know, I mean, good stuff. Good, good info, I should say. Good thoughts. Good, good info. Good thoughts as well. Yeah, so it lessens the hurt the Vikings would have to play if they had to play in TCF for like three or four years. They'd lose like 40 million bucks, 50 million bucks actually, because of the lack of revenue. Only 45,000 seats in TCF when you can get up to oh, about 65,000. Uh, it might be 50,000 TCF, but uh, yeah, you can get upwards of 65,000 in the Metrodome. I believe the new stadium would be somewhere around 70,000 seats. Good stuff. So yeah, some nice revenue, obviously way better suites. Metrodome, that's the biggest complaint about the Metrodome or Mall of America Field is the lack of suites and all that stuff. It's, hey, revenue builders, if revenue builders are not there, well, you just, I guess you're not going to make as much money as you would if they were there. Um, I guess that's about where we're going to stand with that. Yep, uh, by the way, when you're talking about the Super Bowl that took place here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Minneapolis area, but Minneapolis, yeah, in the Metrodome, that was in 1992. It was also one of the most uh, uninspiring games I've ever seen in my life. A great way for me to really kind of... It was it was January 92, you know, the 91 season. But yeah, Redskins and Buffalo Bills. Two teams that I just, you know, just, just saying those names. Just, I, I'm about to fall asleep right here on the air. Just, oh my god. And yeah, the Redskins were good, but... Ugh. Just bored, bored to death. Buffalo Bills, boring. They never won anything. Um, the previous year, the 91 Super Bowl against the New York Giants, they should have won that game, but hey, they didn't. They blew it. They blew a 21-yard field goal. Washington Redskins, just, it, there was really no contest in that game. I've never liked the Washington Redskins, and you know why, folks? Do you want to know why I've never liked the Washington Redskins? Well, yeah, that when you look back on it, yeah, the 87 game... And I do kind of remember that actually happening at the time. Or I do remember it happening at the time. Yeah, the 87 NFC Championship game is a huge reason why I don't like them. But that Super Bowl was as well. Just, ugh. They're boring. I, I don't like them. I never will. Screw the Washington Redskins. Screw screw them. You know, that's basically how I feel about that. But, uh, yeah, I was just becoming an NFL fan at the time. I was 13 years old. Or actually, 12. 12. I was turning 13 in 92. And, um... It's good times. That was right after the World Series. A much more entertaining group of games in, in that case, but a much more entertaining championship um, event that took place in Minneapolis, Minnesota. A lot more. I thought the Super Bowl was about as underwhelming as could be, but hey, thank God it didn't bore me too much. And the 92 NFL season was a lot of fun, and I've been a very huge fan ever since. 20-year anniversary. Yep, happy anniversary to the Super Bowl and being in Minnesota, it's only been it's been 20 years. Of course, a new Viking Stadium would probably change that at some point. Though by the time Chuck Sebastian might be pushing 30, by the time that by the no, he'll be I'd be in his mid 20s maybe when the Super Bowl happens. Yeah, I'll be pushing some other number which I don't want to say right now. Ugh, yeah. But uh, that, there you go. It was it was um it was the introduction of me being a football fan. I was very much around. Sebastian, too young to be around at that time, man. Yep, didn't get to see the two World Series. Didn't get to see Kirby or Kent. Kirby Puckett, Kent Herbeck. Hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. But thanks for the call Sebastian. So that was very, very cool indeed. Very, very necessary member of the team of the Purple Mafia group. He, uh, yeah, that's pretty much about it. 
not so much stadium talk on the page after that. Other than yeah, he put his pic, he put a picture of it up there, March first. He put a picture of it, so do check it out on the on uh, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. He talks about how uh, three hundred and twenty-three million dollars. The new state budget forecast released moments ago, showing a three hundred and twenty-three million surplus for the remaining of the current biennium. <laughs> Since many expected we would be facing a deficit budget, this is good news. Interestingly, the state's economic consultant firm Global Insight also predicted only a twenty-five percent chance of recession this year, down from the forty percent chance in the firm predicted in November. It also predicts a 20% chance that Minnesota will do better than anticipated, up from a 10% chance. Stadium deal. The city of Minneapolis and the Minnesota Vikings reportedly have worked out a stadium financing deal to propose for legislative, legislative approval. I have only heard sketchy details so far. A formal announcement could come as early as tomorrow. Now, this was back on March 1st or February 29th, right around there. Oh, actually, yeah, that was right before the picture was taken. Then the picture was taken. They had their press conference, and it's been a lot of uh, dancing around ever since, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, it's going to happen. Oh, it's losing steam. Oh, oh, here we go. Now we're really close. Oh, it's losing steam. Oh, they're going to do it. Here we go. Oh, no, man. Now they're just, oh, boy. Now another hurdle is coming up. Another guy's raising another hurdle. Another jackass is raising something. Oh, now this Native American tribe wants to get Racino going. But they don't want to do that. Oh, we don't want to have Racino. Oh, that would just, oh, oh, that would burn the whole world down. And yes, I'm 120% against gambling. But other people gamble. And if it's a very easy, profitable, (laughs) very easy means of (laughs) building a stadium. And if the Native American tribe wants to get it, wants to do it, wants to get going on it. The politicians just, like, ignore it, like, oh, no, that's, that's, that's not going to happen. Well, what the hell's your problem? I, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I, yep. You know, I was going to come on the air today and say, you know what? Screw talking about the stadium. I'm done. I'm bored with it. Just let me know when it's done. End of story. Well, you know what, folks? I did talk about it, and now I'm saying let me know when it's done. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, yeah, you know, because I mean, out of respect for Sebastian Balls, that was a very, that was very cool. And yes, that at the time when that uh, deal was announced, that's the f- closest we've come to having a stadium here in to have a Viking Stadium deal done since the Metrodome was done back in the late '70s. <laughs> you know, that yeah, that's the closest we've come. So we're much closer. We're still waiting for the vote. Uh, I believe we're in like a one-week window right now, though. We're getting insanely close, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we're getting insanely close. Let's uh, let's start, let's start getting those shovels ready, or we're gonna or we're gonna be uh, hoisting white flags soon and saying it's been nice and go Bears and go Packers and go Patriots and 49ers and whoever else you guys preferences. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I think the legislatures would the, the legislators would be tarred and feathered literally. They would never see the light of day again, I would hope. The current ones should they vote the whole thing out of here. But then again, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> We're just going to have to wait and see. We've seen it happen before. We've seen a team leave. I well, 
I'm, I'm impatiently waiting. And again, this is where I'll leave it at. Get back to me when it's done. With that, we are going to, uh, well, I guess, take a quick break. And we'll get back to, <laughs> we'll, we'll start talking about the main topics of the show. And we'll kind of maybe get into some of that Saints stuff if I feel like it. It's one of those if I feel like it deals. Free agency and NFL draft. Yeah, free agency and NFL draft on Purple Mafia. You're damn right it will be. Of course, free agency always has been on here, but an NFL draft, like, preview type deal? Whoa. Yeah. We'll be back. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 112, 112, which is a reminder for iPod users and other MP3 players, yeah, Microsoft Zoom, all those good deals. Welcome back to the show, NFL Free Agency. Yeah, NFL Free Agency. It's like, and? No, the Vikings did okay so far in NFL Free Agency. Yeah, second-rate performance overall. They've signed a couple of guys that didn't even play last year because of injury, uh, yeah, you got it like that. John Carlson, formerly of the Seattle Sea Chickens. That's the tight end. That's the most notable. Jeff Schwartz also did not play. And it's not Jeff as in J-E-F-F. It's, yeah, a little bit different. G-E-O-F-F Schwartz. He will be a guard. Formerly of the Carolina Panthers. Neither one, John Carlson or Jeff Schwartz, played in 2011. But they're welcome members of the Minnesota Vikings. Of course, offensive linemen do not have statistics in the NFL but tight ends do. And uh, John Carlson, of course, formerly of St. Cloud. Well, yeah, he's a St. Cloud native. St. Cloud, Minnesota. Welcome back to Minnesota. John Carlson, a great tight end. Minnesota High School League and all that good stuff. Good times out there. Uh, he's had a fairly successful career since he was drafted uh, in the early second round of 2008. A very solid tight end. Uh, the numbers are not bad. Averaging about, oh, about right around 600 yards and six touchdowns a season. Unfortunately, in 2010, a drop-off, though. A significant drop-off down to 318 yards and only one touchdown. He played in 15 games that year, caught only 31 balls in that situation there. Unfortunately, though, probably injury bug plaguing him at that point in time. John Carlson, again, missed the entire 2011 season with a serious injury. And, uh, well... He's a Viking now. Try to form a more youthful tandem at the tight end position. This very much likely spells the end of Vasante Shenko, as expected to be a member of the Minnesota Vikings in the future. Vasante Shenko, it's been nice knowing you. Good luck in the NFL. John Carlson and Kyle Rudolph will try to uh, help the Vikings for, uh, form some type of tight end tandem similar to, and I know we've heard this a quadrillion times, but similar to what they have going on in New England. You know, Gronikowski and the um, <laughs> the two boys over there. It's it's just one of those deals. It's it it could be good. It really could be good. Uh, Kyle Rudolph's numbers in uh, in his rookie year were not that exciting, but of course you saw flashes 
of greatness with Kyle Rudolph for the Vikings last season. Vasani Shenko, well, is he nearing the end? He's getting there. He's getting closer. Uh, yes, Aaron Hernandez and, and Gronikowski in New England. Excuse me for that near slip-up there. Speaking of slip-ups, Sebastian Balls mentioned that I made a slip-up in episode number 111. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> says, despite a few, this was a while back, despite a few, Aaron's still an amazing show. I loved hearing from <laughs> others, new and old listeners. People, please call in. It's a good way to say what uh, you want when you're too lazy to post on the page. That was kind of funny. He says, I made a big slip up uh, running back and Rosenfels went to New York Giants. We traded Sap for uh, Camarillo wide receiver week two last year from Miami. So, yep, I appreciate the uh, appreciate the correction there by Sebastian Balls. The running back, of course. Yeah, it's just one of those. Yeah, it was just one of those deals. We got rid of the guy that uh, we got rid of a guy that was a great uh, returner for us. And, yeah, here we are. It's like you kind of move on from that. They went to the New York Giants, of course. Sage Rolling the Trails did not go to Miami. He went there as a free agent the next year. Now he's a Viking, and of course he has re-signed with the Vikings. That's good to know. Yep, it's definitely good to know, I guess. <laughs> we'll kind of move on from that, though. Back to free agency. Back to free agency. Uh, speaking of free, uh, speaking of that, yeah, of course, Peyton Manning wound up going to the Denver Broncos. That's another free agent note we can say. Peyton Manning is a Denver Bronco. Isn't that exciting? Mm, not really, I guess. We'll see what happens there. He will play with Eric Decker. That's the good thing. We'll just see how that develops. Uh, Tony Coleman says, food for thought. Not that I really want him to come to Minnesota necessarily. Like I said before, we've played this game already. Hiring a veteran quarterback only to have it backfire, but I'm sure it will be on the tongues of many a Viking fan. I figured I'd pass this along where, yeah, Peyton Manning was, that was when he was expected to leave the Colts. And, of course, he did. Wound up on the uh, Denver Broncos. Good times there. Uh, Brent Jacobson, I'm going to temporarily skip temporarily skip uh, what Sebastian Balls had to say about the, his, his pre-mock draft, because we're going to get to that here in a second. His, his mock draft for 2012, top 10 picks. Yeah, Brent Jacobson's uh, Vikings free, uh, free, uh, free agent offseason wish list. Of course, he says we don't need a uh, quarterback, don't need a halfback, maybe a late-rounder, fullback, no need. Wide receiver, he would have liked to see. Mike Wallace, Robert Meacham, Marcus Colston, Laurent Robinson, guys like that coming to the Vikings, Brandon Lloyd, Stephen Hill, Georgia Tech, yep, Stephen Hill, we're going to talk a little about him, possible second round deal for the Vikings later on, that'll be nice indeed. We did get a backup, uh, potential backup or offensive guard in Jeff Schwartz, we're going to get to that right about now, as he was talking about maybe signing a, a, a veteran backup or something like that at guard. Jeff Schwartz actually might start. Of course, Charlie Johnson will be moving to the uh, left guard position. Not left tackle, left guard for Charlie Johnson. We're a more appropriate fit for him. Jeff Schwartz may be the right guard. So there you go. We may have filled those two positions. Uh, Left, uh, excuse me, right tackle. Right tackle, of course, will be filled by the uh, semi-capable Phil Lodeholt. And left tackle, yeah, yeah, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be, we'll be talking about that when we get to the draft here very shortly. Yep, we did sign some defensive ends. He wants a backup if value exists. Defensive ends. Or no, we didn't sign defensive ends. Defensive backs. Excuse me, I'm getting crazy here. Um, yeah. It's it's going to be interesting. He mentions a lot of names here. 
Yes, he does. We want Corlin Finnegan, guys like that. Brandon Car Brandon Carr. We wound up with uh <laughs> wound up with Chris Carr. You gotta like that. Gotta like that. Vikings getting at least somebody here. We'll get to that shortly though. But yeah, Jeff Schwartz, I, I not a, not not the most exciting thing of all time, but hey, you know, he adds he adds a possible starter for the for the position. He's gonna compete with the likes of Brandon Fusco, guys like that. Uh, Chris Jaguer, still a member of the team, fortunately for him. Joe Berger, also a guy that will uh, compete for those guard positions. Brandon Fusco, Joe Berger, guys like that. Of course, the center position locked up pretty solidly with John Sullivan, a six-round pick. That worked out. Demarcus Love is a tackle, left offensive tackle officially. Uh, could be a right tackle, maybe compete with Phil Oldholt in that uh, area. We'll see what happens with that. Um, th- at least there's some depth on the offensive line now, especially when we add a certain guy, which I think we will with the third overall pick. You guys know who I'm alluding to. The Vikings also just mentioning we did uh, a very, you know, a very small, but, but you know, an okay re-signing in Devin Aroma should do. He will be returning to the Minnesota Vikings as a wide receiver. Yeah, he's not the greatest thing of all time, but he's okay. I like Devin Aroma should do more than enough to keep him around. And yes, Chris Carr, he wanted Brandon Carr. Did uh, did uh, Brent Jacobson? But yep, Vikings were able to get Chris Carr. Get to that again in a second, though. Um, yeah, do check out that. Yeah, he wanted the Vikings to sign Laurent Landry. That would have been very, very fun. But uh, well, we might be getting a safety in the second round. There's a guy that's been floating around quite a bit at that spot for the Vikings. A lot of people believe the Vikings would take him in a heartbeat. Should he wind up there? We'll get to that here very, 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 very shortly. Because that's pretty much the next topic at hand. Well, yeah, it is the next topic at hand. But well, let's slow down a little bit and look at the free agent list again. Yep, Zach Bowman and Chris Carr, the Vikings, add depth at the cornerback position. Zach Bowman, well, he was an okay cornerback uh, for the Chicago Bears a few years back, back in 2009, he would he was all right for the Bears that year. That was his career year overall. He uh, he was a 2008 fifth round pick, seventh pick in the sixth fifth round by the Chicago Bears in 2008, as mentioned. His rookie year barely saw the light of day. In fact, really didn't see it at all. Pretty much inactive that year. But the second year, 2009, very active. Um, six interceptions that season. He did get a defensive touchdown, by the way, in the 2008 season, that which is amazing. He deflected a pass also. He had 10 deflected passes, by the way, in 2009. He has not had a pass deflected since. Um, his numbers declined year by year in 2010 and 2011. Had a little injury bug deal in 2010, playing 13 games, played all 16 last year, and only had 15 total tackles versus 66 in 2009 and 32 in 2010. So Zach Bowman on the decline, unfortunately, the past three years. Vikings hoping to get <laughs> a, rejuvenate, a rejuvenated Zachary, Zach Bowman of Alaska, Anchorage. Very cool there in that sense. But yeah, a rejuvenated version of the Bowman, the Bowmaster. See if he can uh, fill some type of need there. Uh, he sounds like Asher Allen. He sounds like an Asher Allen that actually could get an interception once in a while. Hmm. Well, you get the idea. Chris Carr, formerly of the Baltimore Ravens, has signed with the Minnesota Vikings as well. He's a year older than Bowman. 
was an undrafted free agent a few years back, I believe back in uh, 2007, 2005 actually, way back. He has had a, uh, well, an overall more distinguished career than Bowman. Unfortunately, though, only six interceptions total in his career thus far. He played for Oakland, Tennessee, and Baltimore in his career. Three years with Oakland, one with Tennessee, and the last three with Baltimore. A solid career overall, kind of in and out uh, last year. It's just kind of like Bowman. He dropped off the map a bit. Yeah, he was actually a starting cornerback for one of the best defenses in the NFL, maybe the best secondary in all the NFL, for at least two years there with Baltimore. Tennessee, was you know, didn't see as much playing time. His best years were 2009 and 2010 with the Baltimore Ravens, eclipsing the 60 total tackle range, getting two interceptions as well. Uh, not, you know, not not bad. Not a bad addition at all. I I don't think, I actually wouldn't be surprised to see him starting at cornerback uh, early on next season and see where we go from there. Chris Cook, of course, acquitted and returning to the Minnesota Vikings next year. That is a huge addition. Um, I hope and pray to God that Chris Cook truly was innocent or something. <laughs> yeah, or something, you know what I mean? I just, I truly hope that Chris Cook wasn't guilty of some major stuff there. <laughs> I have no idea. I can't tell you because I don't know. And of course, you listeners don't know either. Welcome back to the Vikings. Stay out of trouble. And, well, he showed some promise early last year before that whole case stepped up. And that was kind of the end of the line for the Vikings at that point. Once you lose Chris Cook, Antoine Winfield's injury problems reared their ugly head as well. Right about the same time, Cedric Griffin clearly just done. Like, the guy's done. I believe he's heading off to Washington and happy trails to him. Asher Allen, well, he's still a member of the Vikings. He's still not that good. He just He's just not that good. We're waiting to see what happens with him. The safety position is pretty much worthless for the Minnesota Vikings, and they haven't signed a safety yet. We'll just see where that goes. Jamarcus Samford can hit, but his coverage isn't that good. Mr. Raymond showed a little, a whole lot of nothing in the time he played. Yeah. Hussein Abdullah is not a member of the team right now. He's a free agent. They have not resigned him, and I guess they're not going to from indications at this point in time. We'll see where things go with that. But defensive backs, well, at least there's some depth in the cornerback positions. Andrew Winfield is old and uh, damaged at this point. So guys like Chris Carr, Chris Cook, and Zach Bowman, hopefully, can uh, provide something at those positions. I mean, I, I really hope so. For the Vikings' sake, and for us guys that like to watch these guys play out there, yeah, we just hope they don't get the crap beat out of them like they did last year, because that was some of the worst defense. That was some of the worst secondary defense I've ever seen in the history of the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, about as bad as some of the 49ers teams in the early 2000s, early to mid 2000s, right around there, when they were just some of the worst defense you ever saw. And, um, mm mm mm. Yeah, and of course the 1999 <laughs> Vikings secondary was pretty bad as well. Like the 99 Vikings were a decent team, but boy, their their defensive backs were their pass defense was a little terrible there, just a little terrible, terrible as Barkley, as Charles Barkley would say. Yeah. Well, the Vikings did sign Nicholas Taylor though, undrafted free agent from Florida International, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. 
That's right. Oh, Nick Taylor from Florida International. All 165 pounds of him will be, I guess, trying out with the team come July, August. <laughs> well, let's see if uh, Nikki Taylor can get something done there. <laughs> we'll see, right? Oh, goody. Andrew Sendejo is another guy the Vikings signed. <laughs> Sendejo, Sendejo, that's another one. That's a good one. The Vikings did sign him during the season last year at the safety position. Yeah, well, yeah. That's another one of those undrafted guys. Originally started with Dallas Cowboys two years for him. Yeah, I'll get off. I'll just get off it at this point. It's a pretty thin position for the Vikings right now. But at least there's some hope, possibly, in that department. Uh, Aaron Henderson has re-signed with the Minnesota Vikings. He will be here. E.J. Henderson has not re-signed with the Minnesota Vikings. He's still a free agent. Yeah, E.J. Henderson. You know that guy. Yeah, well, Aaron is looking okay right now. I'm happy that he's with the Vikings at this point in time. He's He did an okay job at the linebacker position last season. Yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see where things go with that. But EJ, don't know what's going on. The Vikings did, though, add Marvin Mitchell. That's right, Marvin Mitchell, a seventh-round pick of the New Orleans Saints in 2007. He has spent his career with New Orleans and Miami the past few years. Pretty much a depth addition. He's got two career sacks, one career interception that did return for 55 yards last season as a member of the vaunted fish in Miami of South Beach. Yeah. But overall, yeah, a depth addition. Uh, who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe if it doesn't work out at all, maybe if he's just terrible, he'll get cut. And he's one, he's one of those guys. He's going to be, he's going to be in the, he's a, he's a bubble guy coming into the Minnesota Vikings in July and August next year. He's a bubble guy and that's about it. But clearly has had, he's played seven seventy one NFL games. I would say he's probably going to make the team, but you never know. He's just one of those guys. If he totally flames out, he they probably wouldn't have too big of a problem cutting him should he not work out at all. Jasper Brinkley will hopefully return healthy and add some depth to the linebacker position at the middle linebacker position. That might be where they're headed. That might be why the Vikings have not re-signed E.J. Henderson. Can't imagine younger brother Aaron Henderson is all too happy with that, but E.J. was terrible last year for his standards. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had him listed in the... Uh, disappointment category last year, and I think a lot of you guys out there did as well. So that pretty much concludes the free agency part of things for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not terrible. I mean, it's not as terrible as it could be. You get a starting caliber tight end to join another starting caliber tight end and Kyle Rudolph. Both high second round picks. One's about six, seven years young, older than the other. About well, he's about twenty-seven. Yep, John Carlson's twenty-seven. Kyle Rudolph's got to be about twenty-three, twenty-four. Jeff Schwartz. Yeah, both neither one of them played last year, <laughs> but yeah, I mean we're basically picking up a bunch of guys who either were hurt last year or had really, really down seasons. Marvin Mitchell actually had a halfway decent year, though he does not fit in that category. But the previous four. Uh, Carlson, Schwartz, those two of course did not play with injuries, severe injuries Bowman and Carr had very down seasons last year, so we're banking on rebounds, these are rebound free agents right here, ladies and gentlemen every single one of those guys 
well, the previous four, excuse me, the first four of those guys, those are rebound signings. I mean, that's what you classify them as. You're hoping that they're going to come out there and rebound. Well, I hope uh, two out of the four do. We'll see. <laughs> I think John Carlson is going to be a very good player. Jeff Schwartz, oh, I hope to God the Vikings signed a guy that could start at guard for the next several years. That would be pretty cool. That would be. Help replace Steve Hutchinson. You're, you're going to have to try. You're going to have to try. <laughs> yeah, Steve Hutchinson, old Steven. But then again, I guess Charlie Johnson's going to kind of do that at left guard. That was Stevie's, Steve, uh, Steve Hutchinson's job, left guard. We'll see if Schwartz can kind of help replace Anthony Herrera at the right guard. So, there you go. Who was also injured very badly. <laughs> Another AZL for Anthony Herrera. Yeah, a great guy. Guy is uh, one of the cooler players that I've played with this team in the last several years, and unfortunately... Yeah, too many injuries, and who knows? Maybe he'll be a rebound signing somewhere. We'll see where that where that leads. But with that, well, I guess we're going to take another break, and we'll finally get to the very first <laughs> pre-draft talk here on Purple Mafia. are back here at Purple Mafia episode number 112, which is a reminder for iPod users and other MP3 players. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we have a draft preview on Purple Mafia. Yeah, it's about bleeping time, isn't it? Yes, it is. Here we are to do that. Sebastian Ball's providing a 2012 mock draft of his own. He has Andrew Luck going to Indiana with the first overall pick. RG3 going to Washington with the second pick. Third pick goes to the Minnesota Vikings, and that would be left tackle Matt Khalil. Thank you, Sebastian Balls. That has earned you, that's right, a gold star. Sebastian Balls, you have earned the gold star for putting Matt Khalil there and not Justin Blackman, not Tannehill, <laughs> not uh, Morris Claiborne. No, no. You have Matt Khalil going to the Vikings. Thank you very much. It's about time. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's about time for, yeah, the, the, all of you crazies out there that for some reason don't want Matt Khalil to come here to the Minnesota Vikings. I do. So let's go to his fourth pick. Tannehill going to Cleveland. That's a guy who's all over the place in the rumor in the rumor mill. Vikings are probably hoping teams think the Vikings would actually bite on him, so we can try to trade down maybe two or three spots, add some uh, second round, maybe third round picks, just to add some depth, maybe extra chips on the table to maybe try to strike gold because the Vikings need to strike gold in the draft. Better more often than having a halfway decent center, you know, like Matt Burke and then John Sullivan in the sixth round. It'd be nice to hit on like a quarterback, like Tom Brady or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, like something like that. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know. 
So he has Sebastian. Back to the point. Morris Claiborne going to Tampa Bay. Justin Blackman off to St. Louis. D. Pope. No, D. Pope. I'm just kidding. Yeah, Pope heading to the Jacksonville. Poe, not to Pope. What am I saying? Poe heading to Jacksonville. Couples going to Miami. Cox to Carolina. And Trent. That's right. Trent Richardson going to Buffalo. Tenth. I kind of think Richardson is going to go a little higher. I don't know. I mean, there's people thinking that he could go to St. Louis to, ha- to replace Steven Jackson. That would not surprise me, though St. Louis kind of reeks of a Justin Blackman pick. I don't know. Wouldn't uh, J- Jacksonville has uh, still has a great running game over there. Miami could probably use Trent Richardson, I would think. You know, I don't know about Reggie Bush anymore. Carolina, well, they have running backs there. Buffalo, well, okay. <laughs> Richardson will not get out of the top ten, at least. That's the good thing. Good stuff right there. Slide up again. You got Brent Jacobson already saying what he had to say on the Facebook uh, page. Of course, these are all on the Facebook page, by the way. That's why I'm getting this. That's why I'm talking about Sebastian Balls and Brent Jacobson and guys like that. Sebastian Balls talking about Moss being a 49er. I can't see it. Sorry, but nope. Too wired. <laughs> yeah, Randy Moss is a San Francisco 49er. That's going to be uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, so is Manningham, by the way. Manningham. Manningham. Not coming to the Vikings. He's going to the Niners. We'll see what happens with that. Alex Smith is still a quarterback. Not sure how great he's going to be in San Francisco. Maybe that was just one good year. I have no idea. Alex Smith will never be a great quarterback in this league, as far as I'm concerned. But if he can be a more than competent one like he was last year, who knows? 49ers might win the Super Bowl next year. You know, they might be a cute little pick to win it. Never know. But it won't be because Randy Moss suits up for them. Next topic. Uh, Dan Taylor says, We have our first free agent in John Carlson. So the Seahawks give us a great pair of young tight ends to go over the middle. That's right. That's right, Dan Taylor. Good thoughts there. We're going to get back to what he has to say later on. He talked about Chris Cook being acquitted on all counts. He's still a horrible, horrible human being. But it looks like he can go back playing corner for us. Again, I apologize, guys. I wanted to have these kind of go with a free agent deal here. <coughs> oh, excuse me. A lot of people saying that the Vikings were one of the teams that should lay low, according to what uh, the link that Brent Jacobson puts up there. That's very true. Sebastian Balls pushing up, posting a picture of Peyton Man- what Peyton Manning would look like in a Broncos jersey. Of course, that in the NFL game right there. I believe this is from Madden. I do believe it's from Madden. <laughs> yep, Peyton Manning is a Denver Bronco. That's crazy. That's very crazy. Tony Coleman and Dan Taylor talking about some crazy stuff. Yes, they are. Dan Taylor, yeah, about the crazy stuff with the Saints. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, you didn't really think I was going to close the show with that well, without talking about that, did you? Yeah, I was just kidding when I said if I feel like it. I have to bash the Saints a little bit, don't we? So uh, we'll close the free agent talk completely here. Sebastian Ball is saying, sucks we didn't make a big splash in free agent, big name-wise. And that's true. I agree with him there. Carlson, uh, Sebastian continues with Carlson, tight end, former Seahawk. Love this guy. If we can implement a good West Coast offense, he will be huge for us as well as Rudolph. That was way back in March 23rd. That was, uh, I don't know how that one wound up in so high, but I guess that's how it goes. Yeah, Carlson could be a big addition. But uh, excuse me for the lack of organization a little bit there, folks. And it's a Facebook page. Stuff kind of goes all over the place. So back to the point of the NFL draft. Um, You know, to be honest, (laughs) 
I kind of, yeah, I, I think Trent Richardson, I think the St. Louis Rams would be smart to take him, to be honest with you, if I was a Ram. Uh, the first five picks, I think, are pretty much, pretty close to being right on the money. Though Trent Richardson could go as high as the Cleveland uh, Browns, fourth overall. Eh, there's a lot of talk about that. It could go all over the place. This Tannehill guy, there's steam on him, and he's all over the place, folks. Tannehill is all over the place. He could go anywhere from third, say if the Vikings trade down, or if Vikings are crazy and take him. <laughs> he could go as high as third and down to tenth to Buffalo. We'll see what happens with that. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to, he, he's all over the place, though he probably will not, I repeat, will not slide past the eighth pick of the Miami Dolphins. Tannehill will be a Dolphin should he wind up at the eighth pick. Most people agree with that at this point in time. Yeah, that's what I think. That's kind of where I think he's going, but who knows. I, I would not be surprised to see Trent Richardson going to the Browns. But yeah, I, I think it's between Tannehill, Blackman, and Richardson going to the Browns. But yeah, about the Vikings. So let's talk about our team, huh? Yeah, we're going to talk about the Vikings in the draft. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as you probably can imagine that I've been leaning this way pretty much since November I officially endorsed Matt Khalil for the Minnesota Vikings with the third overall pick in the 2012 draft. Matt Khalil, the uh, left tackle position is the most obviously the most important position on the offensive line. The Minnesota Vikings for the last oh, 10 years or so had Bryant McKinney there. He was hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold. He just... <laughs> It just never worked out because he was one, of, and he was one of those infamous, annoying holdout players. <laughs> it seems like everybody in the NFL draft that has held out has gone on to be a failure in the NFL, as far as I'm concerned. The, the Achilles Smith, the Achilles Smiths of the world, uh, Ryan Leaf, I believe, held out for a little bit or almost held out. It was just, it was just like, come on, man. Of course, Brian McKinney is a huge one, an absolute failure, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he was an above-average football player, but ladies and gentlemen, for what that guy, formerly of the Miami Hurricanes, was projected to be in the National Football League, do you think for one second that he came close to those expectations? Oh, hell no. Did Bryant McKinney live up to those expectations? All indications, Matt Khalil is a lot more stable, a lot better leader, and probably gonna, and that all adds up to me to being a hell of a lot better player in the National Football League because his skill is <laughs> is clearly obvious at that left tackle position. He is the best player in the draft. If there wasn't those two quarterbacks, if there wasn't Andrew Luck or RG three, who is obviously RG three player, he's kind of <laughs> he's kind of like the guy that went number one overall last year to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, that guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's kind of like him. It's it's uh, it's just one of those deals. He's kind of like Cam Newton, you know. He's kind of like the Cam Newton of the draft, that, and it actually did work out. It wasn't just steam. Cam Newton was a good player, you know that guy. Yeah, okay, I'll keep calling him that guy. But yeah, Cam Newton was pretty damn good in the NFL. A lot of people thought it's like, man, he really blew up in college for one year, just one bleep on year. But then, gosh darn it, it worked out. Yeah, it did. <laughs> wow, that worked out pretty good. Here we are again this year with a guy like RG3. 
He'll probably be this year's Cam Newton. Andrew Luck, the Indianapolis Colts are hoping he will be the next Peyton Manning, basically. Somebody like that. And how can you go wrong with a horseshoe and Luck? How can you possibly go wrong with that? <laughs> if if somehow there, it doesn't work out, that would be pretty weird, huh? That's something we'll be coming back to and laughing about quite a bit in the future. Because I don't think you can go wrong with something like that. But uh, again, to the point, Matt Khalil would be the number one overall pick if it wasn't for a guy like, if it wasn't for the phenom blue chip quarterbacks that are going to go to the twos and the two spots ahead of the Minnesota Vikings. Matt Khalil, to me, would be the number one overall pick in this draft, if not for that. Some people go as far as to say Trent Richardson is that guy. I think it's Khalil. I think it's Khalil. It's a foundation, ladies and gentlemen. you got to build a foundation, and the Vikings finally will have the ultimate left tackle on this team for the first time since probably the 1970s with a guy like Ron Yeri. He did pretty good for the Vikings, ladies and gentlemen, did Ron Yeri. He played here for an awfully long time. He played in multiple Super Bowls. Hopefully Matt Khalil does the same for your Minnesota Vikings. Matt Khalil of the USC Trojans is a no-brainer pick for the Minnesota Vikings, according to everybody. Well, almost everybody. <laughs> some people want Justin Blackman. Some people want. Some people would go as far as to say Tannehill because they're so down on Ponder, which I don't blame people for being down on Ponder, but I don't know if you can give up that easy. Um, and, of course, there's Chris Claiborne, who could be the franchise cornerback that this team has really hasn't had for a lovely long time. I mean, Antoine Winfield is the closest thing to a franchise cornerback, but he's also hurt and old. So we'll see how that goes, but yeah. It would be an awesome, unbelievable, unbelievable deal to see Matt Khalil come to the Vikings and pan out like he is expected to. (laughs) It would be unbelievable for the Vikings to have Matt Khalil as part of the the absolute foundation of the future of this offensive line. And that's all I got to say about that. But uh, yeah, Morris Claiborne of LSU. It's like I say, it wouldn't kill me to have him, but man, I'd be shocked if he has a better NFL career than Khalil. I'd be shocked if Justin Blackman has a better NFL career than Matt Khalil. (laughs) There's foundations, and then there's the other parts. There's the wings. This man is the foundation, folks. Yes, sir. I think I've said enough about Matt Khalil to this point. I think you get my point. Sorry if I'm going on too long about it. Second round, well, you got a, you got some picks up there. Uh, Stephen Hill is a guy, you know, everybody wants a wide receiver, me included. Stephen Hill is a guy the Vikings would probably pounce on, and a lot of people want A lot of people would love to see him here. He's kind of like got the nickname Minitron out there. He, of course, of Georgia Tech, projected to go late in the first round potentially 26 to the Buffalo Bills, at least according to WalterFootball.com. That's right, WalterFootball.com has uh, Stephen Hill going to the Bills. It would be really nice to see him come to the Vikings with that pick, the 35th pick, I believe. Yeah, 35th pick overall early in the second round. But uh, according to Walter Football and multiple other sources out there, a lot of indications are leaning towards uh, Harrison Smith, strong safety of Notre Dame, coming to the Minnesota Vikings. And if that were to happen, well, that's what you'd be hearing in front of my TV set. Yeah, where hopefully it's, 
yeah, my TV that's not working right now, the one that I'm looking at right now, it's not working, and it's very frustrating, yeah. Toshiba, get your acts together out there and get this thing fixed before the NFL draft. If 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 I can even be, <laughs> yeah, be able to get it done before the draft, that would be very nice. Yeah, kind of tired of watching on an old eighteen-year-old TV. It'd be nice to watch something that's a couple of months old instead, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you know, you guys get the idea. And of course, I've had TVs in between then, but yeah, it's just how it goes sometimes, folks. It's just how it goes. In this economy, yes. Not a good one. But no, Harrison Smith would be a fantastic pick for the Vikings in the second round. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Not any doubt whatsoever. People are, this team is crying out. Crying out for a strong safety to come to this organization. Or a free safety, but a strong safety that's actually good coming here would be phenomenal. Absolutely awesome. And we're we're waiting and praying and hoping that the young man will be a Minnesota Viking and that Walter football is correct. <laughs> Got guys like Alshon Jeffrey of South Carolina. He's projected a pick ahead of the Vikings going to the Colts. Doug Martin, that's a running back, though. Uh, Rebel Randall of LSU. That's another LSU Tiger. Tiger. That's another wide receiver. Mohamed Sanu of Rutgers as well. Another wide receiver. I mean, there's wide receivers all over the place. You know, ladies and gentlemen, don't be surprised to see the Minnesota Vikings trade up in the second round to get one of these guys, to get one of those wide receivers. Key, you know, get Harrison Smith. Yes, that, I think that's the absolute, that's another big piece right there that Vikings need to get. I endorse that all the way. But a guy like Alson Jeffrey, Stephen Hill, or uh, <laughs> Robin Randall, Mohamed San, Sanu of Rutgers, guys like that, those are guys the Vikings need to look at. You need to get, you know, they're the ones watching these guys in person. They're the guys make taking all these mental tests, like the Wonder Lick and stuff, which apparently Morris Claiborne did horribly in. Horribly in. But uh, to get one of these guys, get an opinion on one of them, hopefully you strike gold, you, you know, you move up in the in the draft, in the second round, uh, and, uh, and, and you get them. I mean, when you have as many picks as the Vikings do in the fourth round, there is a possibility they could move up if they have an opinion on somebody. Otherwise, there's nothing wrong with bringing in a trillion draft picks and hopefully striking gold on some of them. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens here. I hope the Vikings can finally... Well, not only... yeah, I mean, you got the left tackle. To come out of this draft with a super-duper left tackle, a very good safety, and a good receiver, if you come out of the draft with all three of those... Boy, oh boy, oh boy, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome if, if you got those three guys, if you got three guys like that out of this draft? And I know everybody else in the country, Colts fans, Jaguars fans, Bengals fans, whatever, Rams, are all saying the same thing. Maybe possibly different positions, but they're all saying, oh, if we could come out of the draft with Doug Martin at running back and, 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 and Jarrell Worthy at defensive tackle. You know, I mean, I know people are saying that, but... There are teams in the NFL that come out of the draft smiling. There are teams in the NFL that have come out of the draft several times for many years and generated some success with something other than the first-round pick, which is like the no-brainer one. you got to hit on some of these guys in the second and third rounds. Damn it. Almost said something really bad. But uh, 
you got to do it. You got to hit on some of these guys. I mean, I'm sick and tired of mediocre players. It's time. It's time to hit on some players, folks. It, it really is. Now, Toby Gerhardt probably looks like an actually better pick than peop- than some people may have thought, including myself, with that early first round pick. But at the same time, it took about two or three years for him to even be anything, and you took him at the position where the best player in the history of the team plays at, at the running back position, so that kind of was not the smartest move ever. But again, hindsight is twenty twenty in some ways, though, yeah, again, you take a guy at the same position, there's only one running back, you know, you could maybe put the backup in here and there, but not much, <laughs> not as much as you'd like, and Toby Gerhardt was so awful his first two years in the league, or first year in the league, I should say, first year and a half in the league, he was so awful that, well, it was like putting him in was about, was pretty much like getting your teeth pulled. So, again, Vikings need to get some hits here. And if you're going to trade up, oh, please, please, please take the right guy. That's all i got to say. It's just, it's time to get lucky and time to get hot. It's time to move forward. The Green Bay Packers, God forbid, I'm saying their names here, but have been about as good of an organization in the draft as there is in the NFL. The uh, Patriots as well. Teams like that. It's time to get a culture of competence in Winter Park, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) And let's pray to God that they stay in Winter Park and not somewhere in Orange County or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. With that note, we're going to talk about a team. A team. A coaching staff, or at least a couple of the coaches. Well, one in particular. That's a culture of crime. And here we are once again, episode number 112, reminder for all you out there listening to the show, enough of my talking about uh, iPods, right? <laughs> yeah, a culture of crime, a culture of crime, folks. The New Orleans Saints, oh boy, weren't you just wondering what the heck this was all about? Yeah, weren't you wondering for the longest time why guys like Kurt Warner and Brett Favre were coming out of that game with serious injuries to the point that they did? Kurt Warner never wanted to play again after that. Brett Favre, well, he pretty much never wanted to play again either, as we saw in 2012, uh, 2010, 2010, whatever you wanted to call it. What a joke, right? What a joke. And didn't you know that a guy like Greg Williams who said, let's go for the monster's head. You gotta take the head of the mo- take off the head of the monster, or however you worded it. Greg Williams, ladies and gentlemen. I know this is old news, but those of you living in a cave, Greg Williams, of course. Information on him founded to, yeah, have been running a bounty, a bounty. Yep, with the Saints and of course early on with the Buffalo Bills, maybe even as far back as the Washington Redskins where he was actually motivating players to injure, not not necessarily clean, yeah, not necessarily just take a guy out, but injure players. Serious injuries inflicted on the opponent. On the opponent, ladies and gentlemen. Greg Williams was trying to take off Brett Favre's head. They took out his ankle. It was as purple as the Purple Mafia logo. Yep. And black, just like my outfit I was wearing. Yeah. Brett Favre taking some serious 
hits in that game. The high-low, of course, the biggest of them all. And, of course, a Doyle guy was about as effective for the for the Vikings last year as he was effective for the Vikings in 2009. <laughs> yeah, by hurting Brett Favre. Oh, I'm sure he got a little check from Greg Williams <laughs> because Greg Williams is paying these players money, giving them rewards, rewarding players for injuring members of the Vikings, the 49ers, and, and other players in the postseasons, particularly... <laughs> over the course of time, went to the yeah, St. Louis Rams as the defensive coordinator. Of course, he has now been suspended indefinitely. But didn't you just know there was something wrong? Didn't you just know? And yep, Dan Taylor, kind enough to post the link on the page a while ago. Thank you again, Dan Taylor, a very great poster here on Facebook and on Twitter. Tony Coleman responding, saying, I remember remarking during the game and since how dirty they were playing. I was labeled as a sore loser. Turns out I was right. You are so correct, Tony. You are so correct. Sore losers, huh? Yeah, they're sore, all right, because they were deliberately injured during the game by the defensive coordinator of the New Orleans Saints. And I'm saying this with full sincerity and with full objectivity. I don't care if the Dallas freaking Cowboys... We're playing against the New Orleans Saints in that NFC Championship game. Or the Packers. That type of activity has no place in professional sports whatsoever. And Greg Williams should never see the light of day again. That is my stance on the thing. Um, kind of surprised nobody actually called in on it. But no, I mean, stuff like this is, <laughs> is just, it's off the charts. It really is. It's off the frickin' charts. I, I just cannot believe this happened for as long as it did. And no, nobody blew the whistle earlier. Now, I saw something on here from uh, Anthony from L.A., I thought. Maybe I was on the previous show that I talked about it. Tony Coleman also saying, Karma, their Super Bowl win was ill-gotten, and now some of these guys might get what's coming to them. <laughs> except that they get to keep their Super Bowl rings. Yeah. Isn't that BS? Isn't that BS? And I was like, yeah, I'm thinking basically one last thing should be done, revoke their title. Yeah, it's like, no. But they will get a near death. Yeah, some of these guys will get a near death penalty. Coach Sean Payton, that's right, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, will be suspended for the entire season. That's right, the entire season. No more Sean Payton of the New Orleans Saints, at least for the uh, next several for the next year. Good riddance to him. And again, that's karma, I guess. That's basically what it is. Karma is what it is, I suppose. And uh, I don't think we're going to be missing him too much. Yeah, man, I thought I saw a poster from Anthony from L.A. on here. And I apologize, Anthony, if there is something on here that I'm not finding. Or if there was some call-ins from some of you guys earlier. Um, that I missed. If there is, I will post it on, I will play it on the next show, which probably won't be that far from now, quite honestly. I mean, my schedule is allowing me to do a little bit more, it's giving me a little more versatility this year, and a little bit last year, too, at times, but this year especially. Last year was kind of crazy, but this year, there's a little more versatility in my schedule than previous years, so kind of like that. 
that's pretty much about it, though. I saved the quote-unquote best topic for last, didn't I? Well, no, the best topic was the, is the draft, because just because it's more, it's the most exciting. It's the Vikings' best chance to bring some serious competence to this organization. And it's on Rick Steelman now to be the man in charge. The Vikings, for the first time in many years, have a full-blown general manager. And uh, it's going to be good stuff. It is. It's going to be nice to have a full-blown general manager of the Vikings if he does the right job. I hope he does. <laughs> Viking fans out there, of course, hope as well that he is able to hit on the draft. Of course, the free agent uh, strategy clearly shows that, yeah, the approach the Vikings are taking is they are all in on the draft in terms of that's how they want to rebuild this team. That is how they want to not only rebuild this team, but build this team long-term. Is through the draft, not through just signing free agents. You know, you can't always throw money at, at problems. Sometimes you got to actually, you know, get down in the nitty-gritty, do some scouting, or yeah, put all your focus on scouting for the draft, and gosh dang it, hit on several pieces, not just one or two. Not just, oh, oh Adrian Peterson's available. Oh, oh, God, well, we took Adrian Peterson. Well, of course you took Adrian Peterson. Who are you going to take? Brady Quinn? You know, yeah, that would have worked out. Not. Uh, it's just one of those things. It's just one of those things. You know, anybody, some of those players were no-brain picks. The money these men earned, their, their six-figure salaries, these executives and scouts and all these guys, their money is earned by, not, not by guys like, guys like some of us sitting in front of a computer watching YouTube videos. Those are highlights. You have to watch lowlights, too, folks. If you really, truly want to see talent, you want to see how players handle adversity, not just success. You have to see them handle both. Handle success and adversity. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, that is what the executives and scouts for the Minnesota Vikings need to do as best possible. And, of course, they know that. They don't need me telling them that. (laughs) But, no, if you're going to be all in on the draft, then gosh darn it. (laughs) Gosh darn it. Be successful this time. Come out of this draft smiling. Come out of this draft with your teeth sparkling, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, and your eyes twinkling, knowing you landed four or five legitimate pieces for the future of this team. Not not one and a half. You know? (laughs) It's one of those deals. Forgive me for the you know, you know, you know stuff. I'm not Denard Spann, and I don't need to be, though he's having a heck of a start to his season, isn't he? He's actually getting hits. For the Twins. Good. That's what you want your leadoff hitter to do. Uh, final post here, m- made by Tony Coleman very very recently. I apologize that I almost missed it. He posted a uh, link to an article. Col- Coleman does post a lot of good links on here, ladies and gentlemen. He's very been very good about it for a long time. Thanks again, Tony. Uh, Fran Tarkenton, b- back in the uh, quotes out there, back in the news, saying, Dick, Put- Dick-, Dick Buttkiss didn't have bounties on anybody, because if he did, he would have killed as in, yeah, Dick Buckets would have, yeah, he would have actually killed people. <laughs> you know, good thoughts by Fran Tarkenton, and it's, yeah, it's mocking the stupidity of the of men like Greg Williams and others out there that went along with it. What the hell were you thinking? Honestly. It's like you do it maybe when you're playing a video game or something, NFL 2K whatever, NFL 2K12, NFL whatever, you know, John Madden, 
you just you, maybe you're screwing around with your buddy one time. Oh yeah, he's out. He's done. Ah, you're out. But we're talking about real life here. That's that's BS. You know that's BS. It's, it has no place in professional sports whatsoever. You want to be a winner. Win by beating the other team, not by injuring people. Maybe you could knock him around a bit and see how he handles it. Bone rattling collisions. That's fine. That's fine. But low blows to the knee and stuff like that and high low hits. Get out of here. Just just get out of here and never come back. Thank you so very much. With that, we are going to get to the contact details. Again, as mentioned earlier, Purple Mafia is available on the sportsstuff.com and on iTunes. Always appreciate you guys listening. We would like you to join the message boards on the sportsstuff.com. Do go to the front page of the website. Click on the button that says TSS Boards. Then click register and sign up. Get your screen name. Get on there and talk about to the Minnesota Vikings. The forums are split up in the divisions of the National Football League, which can generate added discussion, putting team rivals in the same forums. It's, it's good stuff. Good idea by Dylan Richardson a while ago that he set that up. Good stuff. Thank you again, Dylan Richardson, for that. And without him, there is no Purple Mafia. Thank you always very much, buddy. And, uh, yep, the executive producer of thesportstuff.com and, of course, the creator of thesportstuff.com. Yeah. Just like I'm the creator of Purple Mafia. <laughs> but, yeah, it's one of those deals. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Like and or follow those respective accounts. Please do be kind out there. Those of you out there, I know there's a lot of guys out there that like the show. Do me a huge favor and give me a rating on iTunes. Please, please do that. Give me a good rating. If you if you like the show, give me a good rating and tell us why. Maybe even say something you don't like also very much. And you're more than welcome to yeah, you're more than welcome to share opinions and what you'd like improved or what's you know you know he could he could get a little better at this but oh I like this you know stuff like that you don't have to give me five stars if it's three or four I can live with that if it's two get out of here no I'm kidding you this is hey hey it's you have you have a right to your opinion if you like or hate the show that's up to you I can't stop anybody from saying what they say you're more than welcome to be a part of Purple Mafia on iTunes, <laughs> giving out your opinions. And if you do like the show, hey, you're doing nothing but helping me so very much if you were able to do that. Because the more good ratings on there, makes the show look stronger. It does. It shows that people actually listen to the show and like it. You know, simple simple math there. It would be very terrific. It sure would. So with that, we are going to call it a show. Don't forget to call into the, the uh, phone line, though, first. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. Remember that it is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you're calling in for, which is Purple Mafia. And there you go. Opine, shout out, question, comment, whatever. Your voice is mine. You get the idea. It would be terrific. But with that... <laughs> It's draft time, folks, and it's stadium time. We're going to build a foundation of the players, and we're going to hopefully build a foundation of the stadium all at once. Isn't that cool? Wouldn't that be nice? To you got Matt Khalil at left tackle, and you got a new stadium beginning construction later in 2012. Ah, here we go. That is what I'm talking about, folks. Sounds good, doesn't it? 
We'll be back with good news on Purple Mafia's well episode number one thirteen. But there will be good news because guess what, folks? The thirteenth is when I met the most wonderful girl in my life. So hey, there's no, there's nothing to thirteen. So we'll be back on episode number one thirteen sooner rather than later. <laughs>